Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Will you pray with me? Lord God, Heavenly Father, as we come before you in this hour now to hear your word, we ask that you would open our hearts and minds that our thoughts and meditations would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Dearly beloved in Christ, the word of the Lord that engages our minds on this, the first Sunday in Lent, comes from the gospel of St. Matthew, the fourth chapter, the gospel that was assigned as the reading for us this morning. And in our text, we are led to consider our Lord's temptation and his suffering and what we discover about Christ. We know that Christ has come to rule the nations. But he will do this by submitting to his Father's will and not Satan's. And so it is amazing what we discover about Christ in our text. It's amazing what we discover about ourselves in general in terms of suffering, trials, and temptations. I have found that in the six different grief courses that I have attended and studied, In some way, shape, or form or another, that phrase comes out from people who have lost loved ones. It's amazing what you discover about yourself. It may have been the father of two who lost his wife to cancer. For years, he had been oblivious to all his wife had done. He recalled what it was like before his wife died. He would take the kids grocery shopping on a Saturday. It was his dad thing to do. And they would go through the aisles spontaneously planning a meal or picking up snacks in anticipation of the soccer game that weekend. It was fun, impulsive, but nothing like the carefully planned out shopping his wife would do every week. And now, however, he was shouldering the responsibility his wife had carried for years. At times he felt lost and overwhelmed, but slowly life changed for him. He shifted responsibilities at work in order to take care of the responsibilities at home. And so reflecting on the past three years, he saw that he had changed. As he said, it's amazing what you discover about yourself. This time of suffering had shaped him. He became a much better father and was definitely more invested in the lives of his kids. He missed his wife terribly, of course, and he wished that she were there so that he could share with her the better man that he'd become. So it is for all of us that in some way, shape, or form, suffering does and can shape us. God can take the trials in our lives And he can use them for his good purpose. And granted, there are times we may never see why and how God uses our suffering. But we do know that in some way they have changed us. And ultimately, they drive us to rely on Christ who suffered for all. That leads us to the gospel lesson to discover just who Christ is for us in our trials and tribulations. Israel learned God provides by being tested for 40 years in the wilderness. 
Even the apostle Paul learned God's grace was sufficient for him through a thorn in his flesh. And so it is this morning through the gospel of St. Matthew that Matthew wants us to see who Jesus is by contemplating his temptations and what that means for us who are changed through the water and words of holy baptism. Through St. Matthew this morning, then, it is amazing what we discover about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in his suffering for us. Matthew records a series of temptations for Jesus. Jesus is tempted by Satan in the wilderness. And as Matthew records these temptations, however, he reveals something to us now about Jesus. Matthew shows us truly and utterly the depth of Christ's love. His dedication to God's mission and plan of salvation that he saved the world by suffering. Now, of course, as God, Jesus did not need this discovery, but we do. The three temptations, they move outward like ripples from a stone thrown into a pond. They grow in ever-expanding circles and reveal the extent of Christ's rule. The first temptation of Jesus regards himself personally. Satan comes upon Jesus after 40 days of fasting and he tempts him to do something for himself, to be selfish for himself. He deserves it after all. God has not prohibited Jesus from eating. Eating itself is not a sin. But if Jesus truly is the Son of God, well, then he can use his miraculous powers to turn the stones into bread for himself. Satan tempts Jesus to use now his divine power specifically for himself, to be selfish for himself. But Jesus did not come into this world to care for himself. He came into this world to care for you. His power would be made known in his weakness as he offered his life for us on the cross. And so Jesus now reveals that he lives by self-denial. He rules his life by denying himself in order that he might give all that he has to you. The second temptation is in regarding Christ's role as Israel's savior. You see, Israel had long struggled with seeing, with believing, and worshiping her God. Satan tempts Jesus now to place himself on the highest point of the temple so that he is in view of all of Israel and then to cast himself down. And in so doing, he will then reveal to all of Israel that he is the Son of God for God the Father will deliver him and save him. He will send his old holy angels to rescue him, lest he dash his foot against a stone. Finally, Israel will see now and worship her God, surely. But Jesus will not rule Israel by a display of power. 
the opposite. He will rule over Israel in his weakness, battered, bruised, and bloody. And he will die on a cross underneath a sign which says, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Jesus will be Israel's Messiah, not by falling from the temple, but rather by raising a new one. He will build that temple on his death and his resurrection. These are the foundations of God's love, which restores all things anew. These are the foundations which brings us back into the right relationship with God the Father in heaven that was destroyed when Adam and Eve sinned. These are the foundations and these alone. The third temptation concerns Christ's role as Lord of the nations. Satan takes away Jesus to a high mountain and reveals to him all the kingdoms of the world. Satan will give these to Jesus if Jesus falls down and worships him. Indeed, Jesus has come to rule the nations. But again, remember, he will not do this by submitting to the devil's will, but rather to his father's will. He will be the Lord of all nations when he receives these kingdoms from his father's hand. And his death will take the punishment for all sin. It will take the punishment for all people. This is God's plan. It is for all time. And his resurrection will bring life and restoration to all things. By bowing to the will of his Father, Christ will rise to bring the news of salvation to the ends of the earth. Jesus will one day stand on a mountain and send out now his disciples in God's mission to make disciples of all nations by baptizing them and by teaching them and by bringing the good news of salvation to the ends of the earth that comes from Christ crucified, Christ risen. There's a lot of things that Satan wants us to believe. Anything that will get our eyes off our Lord and Savior and by his suffering, death, and resurrection. Satan wants us to believe that all troubles of the world could be settled if we have the food problem solved. Satan wants us to believe that we can get along just as well if we do not pay close attention to the word. Satan wants us to believe that we can have anything that we desire and not be harmed. Why suffer? Why sacrifice? Why restrain? So therefore, it's not easy to say, get behind me, Satan. But this morning, as we mark the first Sunday in Lent, we remember the very beginning of Christ's ministry. When he was tempted by Satan in all the same ways that we are tempted. And yet he did not fail. And in Christ's temptation, he revealed the mystery of his kingdom through all of that. That he did not come to save himself and to accomplish his will, but rather he came to sacrifice himself so that he might accomplish his father's will. 
so that he would bring to us the experience and the full extent of God's holy love that we would be reconciled to God once again. Thanks be to God. Amen. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Hi, Pastor Sai here. I hope this message was encouraging for you. At Riverbend Lutheran Church, our goal is to support Christians in their daily walk with God and in proclaiming the love of Christ to a lost and broken world. We're a small and inviting congregation welcoming any and all who are sinful, hurting, seeking, or simply broken. Whether you're already a Christian and are looking for a church home or you're undecided about your faith and looking for answers, you are welcome here. We have a number of programs for all ages and walks of life. Sunday mornings we have worship followed by educational programs for all ages. Please join us. For more information, you can visit us online at www.riverbendlutheran.com, call us at 780-430-7382, or email me at pastor at riverbendlutheran.com. Better yet, stop in for a visit. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and grant you his peace.